This is Keep It Simple, a weekly discussion of significant issues regarding the Word of God and His people. Our host is Pastor Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and the Simple Truths Radio Ministries. Welcome to Keep It Simple, weekly internet talk show of the Simple Truths Radio Network with Pastor Xavier Reese in the ministry of Calvary Chapel in Pasadena, California. Pastor Xavier, we're glad to be here with you today. Beautiful day. Incredible day. Kind of cloudy, but I don't know where you're out there, but we pray that God would deal with your heart. And if you're a Christian, that you grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And if you're a non-believer, that you open your heart to God. He loves you so much that He sent His Son to die for you. Amen. What a promise that is. With us in the studio today, our studio engineer, Jonathan Durant. Good day, everybody. Welcome to episode 124 on May the 7th, 2019. Amen. Myself, Pastor Tony Scotty. Today we set aside some time to talk about what is, gosh, a hugely important issue for us in the Church of Christ, the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. You know, Pastor X, first the aspect of Christ's sufficiency is probably we should address it has to do with his character and his nature, his person himself. Yes. Well, the Bible speaks about God becoming man. Uh, He's called the last Adam, Uh, not the second Adam. He's the second man, but the last Adam. In other words, the first Adam failed, and he brought sin and death. And uh, back in Genesis, uh, and then in Romans 5.12 tells us that. And Jesus is the last Adam who came exactly as the first Adam so that he could make that payment for sin and give man an opportunity to eat of the tree of life on each in every decision of their own, no longer under Adam. And so really, uh, men who don't know Christ are either under the first Adam, fall dead and trespassed, or in the last Adam because they've repented of their sins and asked Christ to forgive them. And so he is 100% God and 100% man. He's not a 50-50 bar. He is 100% God while being a 100% man. But as man, the last Adam, he never used his deity to perform anything. He did it as man depending on the Father. Very important. Amen. I wonder if people really understand the significance of Jesus being known as the last Adam. And you said he was identical to Adam with the exception, of course, Adam, God's creation, was not God. Right. He wasn't. And so right. Jesus is different from him in that in that aspect. But calling him the last Adam, that really means that there was no plan B. Right. Right. It was Jesus was going to do it or nothing. Right. There was no other alternative. Pastor X, is there anything about the person of Christ that is dependent upon our relationship to him do we do we add anything to christ as believers no the atoning work of christ is sufficient in other words when he went to the cross he represented sinful man uh, paul the apostle says in second corinthians five twenty one, god made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of god in him the entire book of hebrews speaks about the one sacrifice once and for all from the cross, he said, it is finished. In other words, what is finished? What is sufficient? The death of Christ paid the price for all the sins of the world. All of them. First uh, John 2, 2 says he's, he's, he's the propitiation, that which satisfied and made the real payment. Not only for our sin, the believer, but the whole world. And that's an important point, isn't it? So 
he, when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, is because he became literal sin, and God the Father could not look upon sin with condolence or acceptance. He has to judge mm -hmm. sin. So the wrath of the Father fell on the Son, and the Son was separated from the Father in a way that we cannot fully comprehend or no. ever will be understand on this side of eternity. Amen. And God accepted that payment for all the sins of the world, and he raised his Son from the dead as a guarantee of accepting that payment. And this means basically that, that Jesus paid the price even for people who will never receive him. That's right. Or never know him. They, they can fully, they, can, they have the full opportunity to be forgiven. Right. Not, not everybody believes that in the Christian community. Okay. There are Christians who believe, they're called Calvinists, and they call them the theology of eternal salvation, that they say that if, 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 God, if, if Jesus died for the sins of some, and they aren't saved, then that's an insult to God, and, and it proves his blood to be insufficient. That's nothing, the Bible doesn't teach that. You no. say that. Right. The Bible very clearly says, in, in many places, but First uh, John 1, 2, 2, he was a propitiation for our sins and not our sins, the whole world. Paul the Apostle in Romans clearly teaches that we are justified. In other words, his atoning um, payment for those sins sets me right before God because I trust him that he died in my place, paid the price of my sin. To, um, he received my judgment. Therefore, I, in faith, believe that and I ask him to forgive me and to be my representative before the Father, justify me before him. And in Romans 5, 1 and 2, we are justified by grace through faith. We have peace with God. Amen. So, to present myself just, acceptable, forgiven before God, only what Jesus did on the cross. That's it. By grace through faith, it's a gift of God, that not of ourselves. Now, in Ephesians 2, uh, 8 and 9, it says that uh, we're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. The gift is not the faith. Or the grace. No. It's salvation. Okay. Good. There's no Greek scholar that would ever agree that, and yet people teach it all the time. Okay. The gift is salvation, not the faith or the grace, okay? But salvation. Amen. And Christ's ability, his nature and his ability to supply this for the world, that's essentially true of Christ from his birth in the incarnation. Uh, his nature is uh, basically without contradiction. He is God in human flesh right. from eternity past. Well, no, there came a point in time when he became man. So God has always but been. But he was always God. He's always God, okay. always eternal. He has no beginning, no end. Um, Melchizedek has given those attributes to an extent. Okay? Right. Yeah. Um, but his priesthood is after the order of Melchizedek, and he appears in Genesis, then in Psalms again, and then uh, Book of Hebrews, and that's it. And so... Um, Jesus was God from all eternity. Uh, John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word is Jesus. Amen. And the Word became flesh, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He was God, and then He became man at a set point in time for the redemption of lost man. Now, we understand from the Scripture that at a certain point in time, the Incarnation, at, at the birth of Christ, he set aside certain of his attributes. Does that in some way affect his nature as God or make him less than God? 
Uh, no, the book of um, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 on down to 11 or so. He says, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who didn't think it robbery to be equal with God, but he took on the form of a servant. And he, this is what's called the great kenosis. He emptied himself of his glory, okay. never his deity. So when Jesus became man, he divested his glory and took on human form and veiled his deity okay. in that humanity. So he never became less than God. He was 100% God, but he became 100% man. God cannot be more than he is, but he can become less than he was. Now, as Jesus lived in this world, and he, he, was, he was God in human flesh, was his death on the cross a completing aspect to his ability to be able to offer salvation to mankind? Was that something that God was looking forward to from the Old Testament? Sure. Everything from um, um, the first prophecy of Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman. Okay. There's the uh, promise of the virgin birth of Messiah. A woman has no um, seed in herself. She has mm -hmm. the egg. The man provides the seed. And the seed of the woman shall crush the serpent's head, a fatal wound. He would defeat the enemy, Satan, who introduced sin and death. Okay? Amen. And the, 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 the seed of the serpent would bruise his heel, a temporary wound at the cross. So it seems, but it was payment. And so therefore, because Jesus made that payment, and it was a real payment, it was really accepted, Therefore, when God raised him from the dead, now he is the author of life and death to an extent. Mm -hmm. In other words, on him is a pivotal decision whether people are eternally lost or eternally saved Amen. by believing in him completely. So he is um, the only one, Genesis 3.15. Um, he told Isaiah, Behold, a virgin shall bear a child. She has to call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Matthew chapter 1, the angel Gabriel picks that up in fulfillment of a conversation with Mary. Um, Acts 4.12 says there's no other name given under heaven and earth where we must be saved. First uh, Timothy 2.5, there's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And Jesus himself said in John 14.6, I am the way the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father by me. So God is very narrow-minded. God is not politically correct. God could care less about the political correctness of the world today. It doesn't matter. Yeah, God's concerned with the truth. God is not offended or pressured by anybody. Amen. He sits on his throne, and he's not biting his nails. Amen. There's <laughs> one way, one name, one mediator, and no one else. You know, it's interesting. I know a lot of people in the Christian church today listen to biblical doctrine, but they feel like it's kind of a necessity that they don't need to be that well-versed in understanding the details and the nuts and bolts of how God did this amazing, miraculous thing. He said, well, I, you know, I right. just, I believe in Jesus. I don't know, need to know about all right. that other, but it's so important. Sure. Well, it's childish. It proves they're not spiritually mature. Amen. Because if we're going to be able to give an answer to every man for the reason of the hope that lies in with meekness That's and fear, point. as First Peter 3.15, yeah. we are commanded to study to show ourselves approved, Paul tells Timothy. Yeah. A workman that rightly divides the word of truth, able to communicate why it is, why do I believe that God created opposed to evolution? 
How is it that the flood is justified before God? What about this Tower of Babel? What about the history of David? What about God becoming man? What about this blood stuff? If I can't articulate my faith biblically, then I have no right to call myself a Christian. And it shows that right. I really don't care about people right. the way right. that God intends and, I should. And, and again, it's the laziness of the Christian community that goes along with the laziness and ignorance of the world today Amen. that people aren't thinking critically and they just want the benefit without any personal responsibility. And you can't do that. Amen. It's impossible. I was thinking of a couple of examples of different organizations that deviate just slightly from what the Bible teaches and th these organizations, these are religious organizations, they identify themselves as Christians. And for example, the Jehovah's Witnesses who teach that, uh, what it said earlier, you mentioned in John chapter one, uh, verse one, where he says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the Jehovah's Witness organization says the word was a God. Right. They put an article. There. They define Jesus as right. less than deity right. in that situation. Right. So they're, they're taking away from him right. the necessary things he had right. to purchase our salvation. Right. And, and, and you cannot add to the scriptures. Amen. A God and God, it's two different things. They, to them, in their mind, Jesus had a created date. Right. He was created, and they believe as Michael the archangel. Okay, well, now they've just taken deity away from Jesus, and they just now have presented a false gospel. Yeah, yeah. And so you cannot do that. It's interesting. I've heard you say that there are a bunch of atheist Greek scholars that all agree that the Jehovah's Witnesses are wrong. Right, <laughs> right. And so, again, um, the plumb line is the Word of God. It's not my opinion. It's not because I'm so smart. It's not because I have degrees from um, Harvard, from... Yale, from everything that makes me a Christian or makes me qualified to um, debate as a Christian. It's, it's my BA and being born again. Yes. That God changed my heart. He has transformed my life. He is working in me and through me. That I believe everything from Genesis to Revelation. I believe that He created everything. I believe that Adam and Eve brought the fall. Eve initiated the fall. Adam is held responsible because he's ahead of the human race. And then they were kicked out of the garden to keep them from meeting under the tree of life so that they would not eat eternally. Fallen state and redemption would be impossible. So God protected them. And then the whole aspect of man's history, the prophecies, the promises of Jesus' first coming, the second coming, the resurrection, that he will raise us up, um, the tribulation period, all of that, I mean, I not only need to believe it, but I need to be able to articulate it and t communicate that to people clearly when they ask me about it. The rapture mm -hmm. is it? Is mm -hmm. there a rapture? There's not a rapture. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, can Christians be deceived? Can they not be deceived? Can they go back in the world? Can they not go in the world? All those are important questions, and they're answered in the Word of God. And just like uh, the Apostle Peter. In the book of Acts, you need to be able to point to the scripture and say, this is that that was spoken by Yeah, whoever. absolutely, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. You know, interesting, the Mormon church, uh, different than the Jehovah's Witnesses, they teach that Jesus is actual deity, that he is God, the creator, and that he came to earth in human flesh. 
But they also say that the other members of their church can also become real deity. And so they're attacking the thing from a slightly different angle, but they are at the same time depreciating the value of who Jesus is. Right. And they they say that uh, uh, Jesus' half-brother is Satan, too. That's right. Which most Mormons do not know that. No. Okay. Um, and, and there's a the whole pearl and doctrines is that in addition to the gospel, um, the uh, their whole theory of uh, the Indian race, the Nephilites, and all that yeah. has been disproven by DNA. Yeah, it is. So they they they're just they're they're up a creek without a paddle. Um, you know what I mean? And I mean, they're very nice people. Nice people. Yeah, they are. <laughs> it's true. I've known several Mormon families growing up. Uh-huh. And nicest people I had ever met. You know. Yeah. Bible tells us that um, there there will be countless of people in hell, not because God sent them there, but because they chose to go there. Mm-hmm. There are so many nice, moral, good people, fun people that will spend eternity in hell for one simple reason: unbelief yeah. in the person and work of Jesus Christ as the only Savior of the world. Now, the Roman Catholic Church depending on who you talk to or what literature you look at. It identifies Jesus as God, the the Son, the second person of the Trinity, who is responsible for paying the price for our sins on the cross. But they certain aspects in the Roman Church also identifies Mary sure. as a co-redemptress, right. which right. is doing the same thing. It's yeah. taking from Jesus his uh, virtue. Right. Right, and again, the plumb line is the word of God. Amen. Anybody can say anything. They have all the freedom to say and to teach and believe anything they want, but it doesn't mean that God honors it, no, or That's that right. it's correct according to the Bible. Yeah. So God doesn't force anybody to go to heaven, and God doesn't force anybody to go to hell. God gives man a choice, as He did to Adam and Eve back in the garden. As Jesus gave to the two thieves on the cross, mm-hmm. one accepted, one rejected, God is not a respecter of persons. Each person makes a decision where they will spend eternity. Amen. No one else. And you know, Pastor X, there are good people and bad people in all those organizations, even in good churches. Yeah. There, there are some rotten people in there somewhere. Yeah. And that's not, the, that's not the criteria. No. It's the scripture. Right. Amen. You know, every, uh, every, every person's fallen. We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. That's why we need to be born again. Jesus says, if you're not born again, you will never see the kingdom of God to make a demon. You know, it's interesting, but it seems like any group or organization that is not really operating in the gospel of Jesus, that at some important point, they intentionally misidentify Jesus and they misidentify the word of God. And that becomes the crux, the thing that you can point to and say, these guys are out of whack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, you would think that uh, there are people out there who are preaching the true gospel, even for their own benefit, for financial gain or whatever the case may be. But the truth is people, I think the scripture says deceivers wax worse and worse. Right. They deviate away from the truth. Right. And when we got to understand that the Bible says that God honors his word above his name. So God will use, um, let's just say, a a person who's come to Christ and um, they come out of the world. And he cleanses them, forgives them, and they're walking with God. And and they start going back to, to their old ways. To their old, let's just say go back to the bars. Okay. And they're ministering the gospel. And people are coming to Christ through them. Okay. But they're being a bad witness. They're in the bar. They're, they're 
partaking of the conversations or maybe even drinking themselves. And, and God doesn't, um, doesn't uh, save them because they're so holy. No. God saves them because he, the word is responded to. Even in their carnal or backslidden state, the word goes forth. It's the power of the gospel that saves them, convicts that person. And then that person, if they're saved, they will turn and they themselves, once they repent, and they will think, how is that guy even there? But he will realize that God will use anybody because he honors his word above his name. Amen. Amen. And the scripture tells us, abstain from all appearance of evil. Yes. First Thessalonians 5. Yes. And so, you know, as believers, we have to do that. The, the scripture teaches us, Pastor Xavier, that Jesus comes into this world uniquely equipped to the task that he's called to, right? Absolutely. Nothing is lacking in him. And uh, him is uh, uh, the, the completeness in everything. Colossians uh, says, in him you're complete. In him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, the sum total of deity. In other words, only God can redeem man. Amen. But God became man as the representative. And there was a real death, a real payment, and a real resurrection as acceptance of that payment. So he came into earth to reveal the nature of God like no other person ever could. Right. Okay. And to oppose the work of the devil in a way that no one else was ever really equipped to. Constantly, um, the demons, every time they saw Jesus walk by, they said, hi, Jesus, son of God, what are you doing here? That's right. That's wild. Okay, everybody's saying, is he the son of the carpenter? Is he Mary? What is he? Hey, Jesus, how you doing? Yeah. The, the demons, I know who he is. Demon-possessed people had no questions right. about Jesus. They understood. Right. right. <laughs> That's wild. It is. And, and I think, and most importantly, Jesus was here to reveal the power of the Word of God to the Jews first and then to yes. the Gentiles. And finally, to purchase the lost world from the kingdom of darkness and bring us into the kingdom of God at the price of his own death. Yes. In some ways, all of the things that the Lord does, does he do them at his own inclination? Jesus during the incarnation, is it his idea from day to day what he does and how to go about the things? Well, John tells us that he went to the Father. He was always spending time with the Father. Amen. He said, I do always those things that please the Father. I and the Father are one. Which of you convicts me of sin? So the disciples are looking for Jesus. Where is he? He's praying. They even say, teach us to pray. Yeah. Amen. So Jesus depended on the Father for everything that he did. The Father led him from day to day what to do, how to do it, all of that. To give us an example that as man, we can do the same. Not be God, but we can hear God's voice and we can depend on the Father through Jesus Christ to do that. And I think the temptation of the wilderness is a perfect classic example. Mm -hmm. It's a test case. When Jesus was, he was driven by the Holy Spirit in the wilderness, it says. And he was tempted of the devil for 40 days. And then the three climactic ones came. But he was tempted for the 40 days. He was without food, without water, uh, with the beast, completely opposite with Adam when he had a paradise. Yeah. And, um, and every time Satan came to him, he says, man should not live by bread alone. He did, when, when Jesus defeated Satan, he didn't defeat him as God. God is all-powerful. Satan is not. He's a created being. For Jesus to have defeated Satan as God, 
is no test, is no big deal. Right. Okay? He defeated him as a man, the last Adam. And therefore, there was a real temptation. There was a real victory. Otherwise, then God has deceived us. Mm-hmm. For God to, de- to defeat Satan with, as, a, as God, then how, how can we do what he did? We can't. But if he did it as a man, depending on the Father, then he says, man should not live by bread alone. The word, prayer, and the power of the Spirit of God. That's what he, how he did it. So as men and women who have come to Christ, we have the word, prayer, and the filling of the Spirit to be overcomers, victorious. Amen. And what Jesus regained was the dominion that Adam forfeited. Yeah. He forfeited the dominion, the control to make decisions on his own without sin in that. And he gave the dominion that God gave to him to rule over the earth, the animal kingdom that. And so um, as a Christian now, I'm able to obey God. I'm able to please God. Doesn't mean that we're sinless or perfect. And when we fall short, we ask forgiveness. But we certainly can hit the mark and do walk hitting the mark the majority of the time as believers. And we'll see the the answers of the rest of that promise, the animal kingdom and the rest in, in the millennial kingdom. Right. We're in the process and uh, believers being, you know, day at a time changed into the image of Jesus. But it really is amazing if you if you realize Jesus is walking by the Spirit of God, just like a normal man. It really does answer the failure of Adam back in the book of Genesis. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Otherwise, there was no real victory. Right. Amen. Now... All of these things that we identified, the few, and there are a great many more that we could probably speak of regarding the accomplishments of Jesus during his, his incarnation. He did these things as, as a normal human man. He fulfilled God's purpose in that aspect. So even though Jesus was truly God in human flesh, he was at the same time truly man. And that's important for us to hold on to and understand right. that. Yet without sin. Right. So he had no sin. But he had two natures. Deity and human. So he was identical to Adam prior to the fall. Adam changed by the fall. When Jesus came, the last Adam, exactly like Adam prior to the fall. The first Adam chose to fail. The last Adam chose not to fail by depending on the Father. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Keep It Simple. And we'll be right back with you after these messages. Throughout the Gospels, we're witness to the apostles' humanity in their struggles and triumphs. Yet, after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, these 12 men would come to turn the world upside down. And it's from a recent study series that Pastor Xavier Reese has combined 12 messages highlighting each of the apostles into one CD pack or single MP3 disc available now in the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. In this new 12 Apostle series, you'll discover how Peter, James, John, Philip, Matthew, and all the Apostles were not just chosen, called, and commissioned by Jesus, but equally enabled to accomplish the ministry to which they were called, even as we, the saints, are today. It's the 12 Apostle series, packaged in a brand new audio CD pack for $32, or in a single MP3 disc for just $12 plus shipping. 
Look for the new 12 Apostle series when you browse the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. With faith, you can move mountains. Pastor Xavier Reese says, just don't forget the faith. God made Moses his prophet and deliverer. Therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh. But Moses said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? It's not who you are. You're nobody. It's who I am. Wrong focus. Check the online program guide for Pastor Xavier Reese's daily expositional studies here on Simple Truths Radio at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock, Jesus said. And the rain fell, and the floods came, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Pastor Xavier Reese says by allowing the Lord's wisdom to guide us in our relationships, decisions, and priorities, we find that he provides the most trustworthy foundation any life could be built upon. And that's why he's presenting a teaching series on the basic foundations for the Christian faith. In it, he explains the importance of the Word of God, the gifts of the Spirit, the function of prayer and worship, and so much more. The Basic Foundations for the Christian Faith is a 12-message series available on audio CD for $32 or an MP3 disc for just $10 in the online store of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. Look for the Basic Foundations for the Christian Faith series when you browse the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. We return now to Keep It Simple and this week's discussion addressing issues of consequence for the church. Hosted by Pastor Xavier Reese of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. And you're back with us here at Keep It Simple. Today, talking with Pastor Xavier about some very interesting and specific details concerning the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. Pastor X, when we talk about the sufficiency of Christ, and again, in the first part of our broadcast today, we went and in some detail, not too specific, but little detail concerning uh, the attributes of Jesus, who mm-hmm. he is, uh, the fact that he is truly God, the fact that he's truly man. Some details you mentioned about uh, him being the last Adam and the significance of that. But in some ways, when we talk about the sufficiency of Christ, we're talking about our relationship to him and how the sufficiency of his nature makes him able to fulfill in our lives the things that are necessary. Is that accurate? Sure. Um, again, we primarily are spirit beings. The body is just our glove, the, the instrument that we, uh, God has given to us to communicate. Temporarily. When a person dies, the body goes to the earth and the spirit goes to God, mm-hmm. or just be separated from God. So we're really spirit beings. Uh, our soul is intellect, emotion, and will, and those are the kind of like the software uh, that, that that God uses uh, to yeah. communicate, and uh, without without being born again, then our our soul is fallen, and our intellect is on top. Our emotions are 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 used as deceptive, uh, manipulative for us, yeah. and and uh, and then we do our own will. But then when we are born again, then we become spirit first, submissive to God. So that our soul, our intellect, emotion, and will are subject to the Word of God, the mind of God, and therefore our body becomes the temple of God. Amen. And you know, it's interesting for somebody who's born again and their emotions or uh, their carnal nature is at the top of their priority. It's very uncomfortable for them. And they're dramatic. They say, what's wrong with me? You know, they know right away. Yeah. And that's spiritual warfare. Yeah. Amen. 
It is. You know, the people of this world who are unfortunately separated from God, the postmodern world, are engaged. Everybody's engaged to the pursuit of some kind of meaning and significance for their lives. The really sad thing is these people, apart from the person of Christ, no matter who they are or whether whether they're homeless people or billionaires, it doesn't really matter. They don't have the ability to supply themselves with the substance that they need in their life. Right. And that's the reason for the new birth. Amen. It's not um it's not because we're so smart, it's not because we um are more sensitive than others, it's not because we are better than others. It's simply because we've heard the gospel and we have responded to the gospel, the conviction that I'm a sinner and that sin in my life separates me from God and that the wrath of God abides in me until I agree with him that I am a sinner under that wrath, and I recognize that Jesus made a way to escape that wrath and the penalty for my sin by accepting what he did for me to justify me before the Father completely. So when we say that Christ is sufficient, we mean that in every possible way, to every situation of life, to every person ever born, Christ has supplied what is needed for that individual. And this is what the scripture says. Yeah. And, and, and again, we've been talking basically more about justification to be yes. accepted before God, but he's sufficient for not, not only for the act of salvation, the new birth, but all that follows that in second Peter chapter one, verse three through four speaks that God has given to us everything pertaining to life and godliness and has given us a divine nature that we might escape the corruption of this world through lust, so on and so forth. So that this new divine nature, I have now two natures. I have a sin nature and I have a divine nature. And, and, and who's going to win? Well, which one am I going to feed the most? Mm-hmm. Bob, Bob, Paul says to the Galatians, walk not in the flesh. Walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. You cannot do that you, what you wish. So we still have a free will. Mm-hmm. I can certainly sin if I want to, but I'm to yield to the spirit to not sin. I'm to trust the power of God and put on the mind of Christ and to glorify him. Amen. Pastor Xavier, in, in the most practical terms, what, it, what do I do to feed the divine nature in my life? What do I need to do on a daily basis? Well, having become a Christian, then now I have a relationship with God. Right. Now I maintain that through prayer. Prayer is simply talking, like talking to a person. Right. My voice doesn't change. I speak normally. I bring to him my most intimate problems, my most concerns, my fears, ask him for wisdom, guide, and direction. But the way that I know what to pray for and how to pray for Mm -hmm. comes from the study of the Word of God. So the Word of God is primary and foundational. You must know the Word of God. You'll know how to pray, how to make decisions, what pleases God, what doesn't please God, what you're to you, what you're not to do, how to do it. When to do it? All those things are in the Bible. Amen. So the word prayer and depending on the power of the Spirit of God. Amen. And so now when you talk about uh, being studied in the Scripture, is that just you spending time with the Bible alone? Or does that include uh, gathering together with other believers and going somewhere where the Scripture is taught by someone who's got yeah. more, more time than you it, it includes both. Okay. I am personally responsible for my salvation to God. He can speak to me. I am to go through the Bible, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, throughout my life. Just to have him minister to me, just to read it, put it in. 
But then I need to make decisions to take a book at a time and to study it carefully and slowly so that I understand what that book is about. Okay. The revelation of God. And so, um, and then having that personal responsibility, then I also gather with the church, the yes. saints. Right. So the Bible says, forsake not the gathering of the saints as, as the manner of some is. Already in the book of Hebrews, there was people who were forsaking the gathering together of Christians. Yes. So we're not to do that. Uh, certainly if you're in an island, you've been um, shipwrecked, you can have church all by yourself. <laughs> but as long as you live somewhere and there's people, then you have to seek out a church that's going to teach you the Word of God. You sit under a pastor, teacher, who's going to love you, who's going to care for you, now, you only obey what he says that's biblical. So whenever a pastor or teacher or evangelist teaches or preaches, you examine what that person is saying by the Word of God. If they say things contrary to the Word of God, you mark them wrong. Amen. It's the Word of God Amen. that marks the truth. And Lord willing, that's what believers are doing in every church, listening to pastors and teachers and searching the scriptures like sure. the Bereans every day. Acts to see, 17, 11. Yeah, see if those things are so. Yeah. And also as you gather together, you are being used by God. You're to serve the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. We're here to serve the Lord and to serve each other and to serve those who come in who are non-believers. We are a witness to the community of the world. And then beyond that, we, we recognize our lives are an impact upon the world, the ungodly world. Right. And so we want to be a witness to those people and uh, be prepared yeah. to offer an answer. And to our family. <clears throat> if you're born again, you're ahead of your home, you're the father, you're an example to your wife as the leader, spiritual leader. That doesn't mean that she's not spiritual. It doesn't mean that she can't have a relationship. But I am the head of my home. God holds me responsible for my wife, for her spiritual condition, how I talk to her, what I do with her, towards her, everything. My children, they have their eyes on me. I am to be an example, lead my family to the gathering of the saints weekly, that they would have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that they would look to him and that I'd be there to pray for them, to love them, to supervise them, and to direct and guide them to one day where they are an adult that they can carry on their own life. Amen. The amazing thing is in the scripture from Genesis to Revelation, uh, these truths are evident in every single book of the Bible, pointing us back to the person of Christ. Right. In the Old Testament, God pointing us to the coming of the Messiah. I, I was thinking of uh, Deuteronomy 18, where Moses says, I will raise up a prophet like you from among, the Lord says this actually, from among their brethren, and will put my words in his mouth. He shall speak them to all that I command. And it shall be that whoever does not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. Right. Absolutely. See, that's a promise and a threat. There's a warning. There's a warning. There. Consequences all the time. All the time. Um, the, um, the character, the Chinese character for crises mm -hmm. has two meanings, danger and opportunity. Amen. And <laughs> that's the decision of the gospel. Danger and opportunity. Danger if you reject it. Great opportunity if you embrace it. You know, I'll never forget before I was a believer, I had uh, some family members and friends who were sharing the gospel with me, and uh, which I, I, it didn't didn't trouble me deeply. But it, they they shared specifically uh, Jesus' words from John chapter fourteen verse six: "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me." And that really bothered me. 
that really troubled me. I thought, how could how could an enlightened person like Jesus be so closed minded yeah. to all the rest of these religious people in the world? Right. Mm-hmm. How is that possible? Sure. Interesting. As a believer, yeah. you begin to understand. Sure, it offends the world. Yeah, it does the gospel of Christ? Paul tells the Corinthians <clears throat> in chapter one and two that uh, um, the, the message of the cross offends the Jew. You know, it makes no sense. Well, there was that episode of Oprah a few years back where he, she had several guests and one was a Christian, and Oprah uh-huh. seemed to get upset. She kept saying, well, there, he can't be the only way. He can't. Right. You know, when this lady would quote that scripture, she's like, there's no way he Oprah, can be. Oprah's completely wrong, and sadly, she's going to find out for all eternity if she doesn't repent sure. that she is wrong. Amen. Reminds you, you know, the scripture mm-hmm. from Luke where Jesus says, uh, those things that are highly esteemed among men are an abomination mm-hmm. in the sight of God. Yes. It's interesting. You, you see that the hand of God at work, you see that in the world over and over again. It's kind of terrifying. Uh, we, uh, it's safe, obviously, to say that the Scripture makes, I think, a perfect case that Jesus is sufficient, that he is uniquely equipped uh, to stand up for the truth, of God against the forces of the darkness of this world. Yes, and it was signed in blood, and the crucifixion is a very um, descriptive um, event. Uh, there was darkness throughout the land. Interesting. It was a full moon. It was a divine transaction going on. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the centurion of the cross says, truly, this was the Son of Man. Mm-hmm. He rose from the dead. The tomb was empty. He was seen by the apostles um, by over 500 at one time. He um, hung around for 40 days, shooting back and forth from Galilee down to Jerusalem and everything. And then the apostles saw him ascend from the Mount of Olives. And the angel says, Why you men stand here gazing? In the very same manner in which he's left, he will return. So the first coming was fulfilled. Now we're looking for the second coming as he comes to judge the world. Amen. Not to save the world, but to judge it. We were talking uh, some of the guys on the staff this morning about how difficult it is for people in the world to understand that the Bible, uh, 66 books, uh, that it is transcendent. It's not like other information in this world. It is the word of God. And you made the point earlier that God honors his word above his name. Yes. How significant that is. And it is, you know, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Yes. That's what holds mm-hmm. us up. Amen. Yeah. Many people say they have faith, but what do you, what's your faith based on? Sure. Faith is a term that just gets thrown around to appear that a person is spiritual. Right. Or that they're legitimate. Um, but if your faith does not point you back to God's Word, His revelation, then it's not biblical faith. So if I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that he died for my sins, then I'm exercising biblical faith. I'm believing God for what he has said about me and said what he's done for me, and I'm trusting him. So my faith is biblical. But if I add to it or contradict it or take away from it, that is not biblical faith. It's foolishness. When the Scripture talks about believing in the name of the Lord, is that different at all from believing? Well, the name, again, entitles... And entails everything he is, who he is. Okay. Names, um, names are the character. He's God. He's holy. He's pure. He's sinless. Uh, he's the savior of the world. 
Um, he died for our sins. In other words, he rep- everything that he is and that he's done is wrapped up in his character. And so when I believe in his name, I believe in everything that involves the person of Jesus Christ, what he said, what he did, and what he claims Amen. completely. Amen. God is so unique in the way that he set all these issues in order for the human race. And, you know, it's interesting as you, as you spend time just meditating and thinking about the sufficiency of Christ, because, I mean, I know we all have, you, you mentioned a few minutes ago about we need to be witnesses to our family. And we all have family members that need to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Right. And it's, it's worrisome to us from time to time. We love these people. We want them to walk with the Lord. And we really have no power to make it happen. I can't, right. you know, get my nephew and get him in a headlock and tell him, hey, you better accept Jesus, right? It's not going to work. Right. The Lord's got to do it. But God is so faithful yeah. to, to reach out to the hearts of people and to yeah. turn them to the truth. It's Again, the simple, simple choices, two men on the cross. Okay, and that's for the uh, the whole of life. Some people accept the Lord and they walk with God, and then they 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 don't grow and they they they, they live a carnal life. And even today, with a lot of the bad doctrines being taught, they believe that being as Christians, they can be out there drinking, they can be out there partying, doing their thing, living with people without being married, and they're still Christians. Well, no, that, that's that's not it. No. You redefine the the gospel, the Christian, and the church, uh, and you're wrong. You're the one that flunks uh, the subject of Bible, Amen. not God. Yeah, the Scripture says no fornicator, uh, homosexual, a, a doctor, adulterer, yeah. unfaithful, murderer, liar shall inherit the kingdom even of God. A, even a drunkard, right? Even a That's drunkard. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, okay, let's say you're listening to the radio broadcast today and you say, well, you know, I've, I've messed up. I, you know, I had this situation. I, I had too much to drink couple of days ago and so does that mean i i can't go to heaven no well if you're a christian and you do stupid things like that then you're carnal and you're out of fellowship sin c- cuts off your fellowships like having a cell phone your battery goes dead you're dead you can keep talking but you're not talking to anybody and no one's going to respond and so you have to confess acknowledge your sin confess your sin and ask god to forgive you of your sins um there in first john 1 8 and 9 and in for first john uh, uh 2 1 an advocate for the defense, Jesus Christ is righteous, to make intercession for us. Amen. We're ta- talking about the sufficiency of Jesus, and he has done all of these amazing things for us. But the bottom line is, we have a responsibility. We have to take up the calling he's placed on our lives and go right. forward one step at a time for ourselves and for our family, for the Church of Christ in these right. last days. Very important. You know, there there is so much more, Pastor X, to God's plan than just our salvation. Not that that's a small thing. Right. Salvation is huge. It's the, in fact, it, it includes everything else as well. Right. But we need to be uh, forwardly minded. Sure. Because God is in the process of changing us, isn't right. he? We're being transformed from day, from glory to glory, Amen. to the image of Jesus Christ. Um, John the Baptist says, um, I must decrease and he must increase. And so the believers to um, be born again, grow, develop, and mature on every level, spiritually. Amen. It's interesting, you know, one of the first things we do when, when any person comes to faith in Christ here at the church or at some event that we do, actually, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be in Mexico at Rancho Santa Cruz down there. Uh, the pastor, Pastor Martin, is going to be sharing the gospel with people in his community. When people come to faith in Jesus, 
the first thing we do is hand them a copy of the scripture, hand them a Bible. After, in fact, after every service at this church, you instruct people who've come to faith in Jesus to get a Bible from us. And then we tell them that they need to read the scripture and we try and start them off in the gospel of John. Right. Because John does such an amazing job of uh, painting a picture of the person of Christ and and all that he's done. And then we tell them they need to spend time with other believers. They need to attend a Bible teaching church. They need to spend time uh, talking to God in prayer. And if they do those things, then they'll grow. And these are, these are also essential. And it's all a part of yeah. changing us into the image of Jesus. Yeah. The Gospel of Matthew is also an incredible, and I might put, even put that before John, because the Gospel of Matthew, uh, the key phrase is always, this is done in fulfillment of, <laughs> and it, it, it verifies and confirms Jesus to be the promised Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, in fulfillment of all the prophecies that were given in the Old Testament. Is that because Matthew was writing to the Jewish people? Right, to the Jewish people. Okay. Right, and they had the uh, Word of God. The oracles of God were given to them. It's kind of interesting because then, in contrast, Gospel of John kind of speaks about who Jesus says he is and why he is who he says he is, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's kind of the underlying theme. It's interesting because, I mean, John, Mm -hmm. if you read his, his commentary through the book, Mm-hmm. A little bits and pieces of his ideas. He's trying to really pick up on things that were left out of the other three Gospels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he, he gives seven miracles, seven signs, seven different things, and he picks all these things mm-hmm. to prove it. In chapter 20, says, and, and these things were done that you might believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Mm-hmm. And so the purpose of John is that you might believe that he is the Son of God through the miraculous things that he's doing. Mm-hmm. And it is John chapter 3 that gives us the very key thing of being born again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Amen. Yep. Pastor X, now you've been a believer. You've been reading the Bible for how many years now? Oh, about since 1973, so 45 years or so. Probably longer Something than like most that. of the people listening to so. us today. Are you are you still amazed that when you pick up the Bible that God shows you new and different things every day? Yes, and it's just important. And again, we read, we read by faith, trusting that God's going to speak to us. We don't live by emotions or by feelings, or we don't live by a new revelation. There is no new revelation. He just wants to make the old revelation fresh. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I just finished the book of Job right now before I came in here. I've been reading the book of Job. And, um, you know, Job, what a great um, book it is. A man who was struck uh, um, physically, emotionally, in every way. He got everything taken from him and everything, and he did not curse God and die. In fact, his wife said, you know, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? And she says, oh, foolish woman, can I receive good at the hand of God and not evil? And uh, he kind of put her in her place. So we recognize that the lives of believers are not always uh, bowl of cherries. Nope, not at all. No. Mm -hmm. And God is faithful in spite of the hardship. Wherever you are today, God is faithful for your situation. He loves you dearly. He has a plan to get you from point A to point B into his presence in eternity. And the only thing that is needful for you is to follow the roadmap that he's given you. Yeah. If you're out there, you don't know Jesus, call on his name. He's God who became man as we've been talking. He died for your sins, and then God raised him from the dead, that you might be justified before him by what Jesus accomplished for you. And he will begin to transform your heart, your mind, and he will direct and guide your steps by the Word of God. Join yourself to a church that teaches the Word of God, and serve the Lord, and share your faith what God did for you, Um, that he saved you, he cleansed you, and he's given to you eternal life. Amen. And we're here at uh, Simple Truths Radio, pleased 
totally ecstatic to be a part of the encouragement and the uh, the uh, ministry of the scripture and that the Lord will use in your life day by day as we have available on this radio broadcast teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, mm-hmm. uh, Pastor Xavier's uh, Bible study teaching both in Spanish and in English day by day, even uh, women's, women's Bible studies women's as well. Ministry teaching, yes, for the ladies out there. Worship music hours to lift your spirit, and, and so we encourage you take advantage of the resources. You know, if you if you look, God will provide what you need, and He will instruct you. God is so faithful. I'm always amazed how the Lord speaks specifically to the issue of my life. As I just listening to a Bible study on a compact disc in the car or whatever, yeah. the Lord will speak to you, and it's sure. kind of amazing. Sure, it's the yeah. Spirit of God making things yeah. alive. And the world knows that there's power in the name of Jesus. If you're out there listening, um, when people um, damn God, they don't damn Buddha or mm-hmm. Allah. They always damn the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why? Because there's power in that name. Yeah. yeah. There's a, a living. He's the living God. He's the yeah. Savior of the world. <laughs> And, and the name offends people, and there's power in his name. He's the only one who's risen from the dead. Now, if you're out there, you don't know Jesus Christ, you will die one of these days physically. You should try to look up um, all the people that you believe are spiritual leaders and see if they've risen from the dead. Because uh, you should be asking someone who has already done that. He's the only one that can tell you about life and death. Everybody else, they don't know. They're just speculating. They're guessing. And not only did he rise from the dead, he rose himself from the dead. Right. Right. (laughs) On top of that. Literally in the Greek, it says, out from the dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay? So he defeated death. He defeated him with the power of death, Satan. And um, he... Conquered death, as Paul says. Yeah, that's the definition of an expert, actually. One, yep. who, one who has experienced. Yeah. And Jesus is the only one who can make that claim. Yes. You know, Pastor Xavier, we took, uh, as far as our dialogue here today and talking about these issues of the sufficiency of Christ, we took some of the content from a Bible study that you did in September last year. Uh, September 20th, What About the Sufficiency of Christ? Yes. And those studies are available on the Calvary Chapel website. You can listen to them for free. Uh, actually, you can even download the, the audio onto your computer for mm-hmm. free. If, and uh, there are also notes available. So we encourage you, if this particular issue is uh, encouraging to you and you want to know more about the sufficiency of Christ, go to calvarychapelpasadena.com yep. and look up under the sermons there. From uh, Thursday night, what about the sufficiency yes. of Christ? Yep. You can listen to the entire message and even look at the notes as well. Yep, yes. yep. Thank yep. God for those resources. Yeah, make use of what we have. Um, we don't charge you money. We don't want to merchandise you. We want to just feed you. And then as you go through our material, uh, we're men, so you examine us. Do your homework on us. Amen. And make sure you put your Bible on one side and go through the stuff. And are we biblical or are we not? Very, very important. Let and, no man deceive you. And if you have questions, please correspond with us. Our email address here? Yes, simpletruths at ccpas.com. And also, if you follow us on Facebook or on Instagram, just send us a message, a, a direct message. We'd be happy to answer your questions. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. If you leave us a question, we'll make sure and address it on the radio broadcast and look for opportunity. Mm-hmm. want to encourage you to keep uh, Franklin Graham in prayer as he's doing... Uh, gosh, a whole bunch of outreaches in the northeastern United States 
which is an area that traditionally, I mean, at one time, it was the stronghold of Christianity on the North American continent, but that's not been the case in the 20th and 21st century. And so we're praying for the people who live over there, the Lord will bless them and pour out the Spirit of God, that there'll be a revival in the church and that the Lord will raise up people to hear the truth of Christ, commit themselves to Him. Yes. Lord bless you guys and uh, keep it simple. God bless. You've been listening to Keep It Simple with your host, Pastor Xavier Reese on Simple Truths Radio. We hope today's broadcast has informed, encouraged, and challenged you in your own personal walk with Christ. For more information regarding Simple Truths Radio Ministries or Calvary Chapel Pasadena, please visit calvarychapelpasadena.com. We hope you'll be back for our next discussion, and may God richly bless your day.